0: Hey everybody, this is Christian Brindle, president and founder of Christian Brindle Insurance Services, an agency specializing in Medicare health plans, as well as the founder and admin of the six-figure Medicare agent Facebook community.
1: And I am Glenn Shelton, founder and president of Lead Heroes, where we specialize in final expense and Medicare insurance leads.
0: Every single Tuesday, guys, we have decided to come together and bring our forces together to talk about our two favorite subjects in the world: insurance and tacos. Henceforth, Taco Tuesday, let's taco about insurance. Every single Tuesday, we will live stream this show for the group Six Figure Medicare Agent at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't miss it. It can also be found everywhere that podcasts can be listened to, or you could watch the replay of the video up on our YouTube channel for the Six Figure Medicare Agent YouTube channel. Thanks so much for watching. Hope you enjoy, and let's get into this. This is my taco bowl
1: today, you guys. Okay. I want to clear
0: the air. First thing,
1: first Taco Tuesday of the new year. Happy 2021. Um, Got my Taco Tuesday shirt on, as does my co-host, Christian Brindle here. Yes. This that looks like a good taco. taco. That's a solid, that's yeah. your taco too. You like that?
0: Yeah. That's the real deal right there. That's the real deal. Um, well, so taco too. You like- there we go. Okay. Well guys, um, this is our first taco Tuesday in 2021. So I just wanted to kind of point that out and, um, it won't be long until Taco Tuesday is published as a podcast. We got it probably 90% done. We're just waiting on a couple of things and then it will be up and running. But we got a majority of the episodes already up and down up and loaded. They're just ready to go. They just need to, you know, hit a button that hit publish. Um, I guess technically this is season two, right? If if this is podcast yes. listened to.
1: This is, this is going to be season two of Taco Tuesday, you guys, and I'm super excited about that. I, mean, I, I personally, I don't know about you, Mr. Brindle, I'm assuming um, you are a, a podcast aficionado. I was listening to Joe Rogan's most recent podcast this morning as I was preparing my pork butt for, for the Traeger. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'm a huge podcast fan of all sorts. I love podcasts, and I'm excited to get this further out there into the universe through all these different platforms. So are we going with Spotify? Is that going to be our primary then?
0: I don't know if we'll have a primary. Um, it'll just be everywhere. It'll be, it'll be on about 15 different platforms. So it'll automatically be on Spotify, Apple podcast, Google cast, um, a majority of um, Stitcher. It's going to be on a lot of different places um, right off the bat. So that's kind of exciting. I know for, the Everything Medicare podcast, we probably get over half of our downloads from Apple. Half.
1: Yeah, Apple is still a huge player in the space. I feel like with Joe Rogan moving to Spotify and his exclusive deal and with Anchor being bought by Spotify, I feel like Spotify is going to start taking over the podcast space inevitably. But um, Mike, hey, Happy New Year. And nothing's going to change you guys. I want to let anyone who watches us here in the group regularly, this is still going to happen. We're still going to be going live every Tuesday right here in Six Figure Medicare Agent. It's just kind of the the bonus for, for those of you who don't watch live, or maybe you would prefer audio um, over being here on Facebook. You know, we're, we're trying to get this out there to more agents everywhere. So um, don't worry. We're still going to be here live every Tuesday eating tacos or taco bowls.
0: Taco, taco bowls. Yes. Taco yes.
1: Bowls, as it's-
0: you know, it's, it's interesting that it's kind of turned in. I mean, I don't, I don't think I, I, and I know, I don't want to speak for you, but I know for me, I did not um, foresee Taco Tuesday turning into what it did. I mean, it started out with us doing one live stream and calling it Taco Tuesday. And then we're like, that did pretty well. That was pretty cool. Even though the first one was kind of a, a disaster because we couldn't figure out the live or, um, <laughs> in zoom. And then we did another one. It was even better. And, um, you know, it's gotten to the point where it's so popular that it's a shame that it was only confined to the group. So now it's going to be every, every single video is going to be up on the Six Figure Medicare Agent YouTube channel. There's going to be the podcast out there into the world. It's going to be a real thing, like a thing, Taco Tuesday.
1: It, I'd say it's this has become a bit bigger than I anticipated. I mean, I kind of like the unconventional format. Um, you know, I think previously when I... So I tried starting a podcast like two years ago. And the, the biggest problem I had is one, I was spending almost $1,000 per episode, because I wanted to do a bunch of extra stuff. I was getting a blog article created, I was getting a, a video for my podcast created. Um, I was doing some ad revenue spend because I wanted to get it out there. And ultimately, like trying to format it too much and, and the money spent just didn't it didn't make sense. And so this kind of more unconventional, just having a conversation. And, and like I said, I love listening to podcasts. And my favorite part of a podcast is when you feel like you're listening in on someone else's conversation. Yeah. You know, when you can have people talking and there's a new social media platform that's up and coming called clubhouse. I don't know, Christian, if you've seen.
0: Yeah. I'm familiar with it. I haven't, I haven't dug into it. I'm not super familiar with it, but I know it's making a lot of noise.
1: Yeah. I've kind of poked around and it's kind of, it's kind of the same thing as, as a podcast or, or like this, you know, going live, like having that you're, you're, you're hearing someone else, you're hearing other people in the space, in the industry experts talk about things that are going on and just being able to kind of gather information that way. And I think, I think that's everything. So. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm excited.
0: And I, like you, I'm a big podcast enthusiast. I listen to a lot of the Rogan ones. You know, um, although I was I was listening to them on YouTube, believe it or not. Like I, I listened to a lot of them on YouTube um, and that's not going to be a thing anymore or, you know, or less and less or whatever they're doing. I don't know. That's kind of depressing to me, but I yeah, um, sound upset. I, I am upset. I'm I'm personally <laughs> aff- attacked by this. At a, <laughs> <laughs> I'm but offended. The, another one that's like completely has nothing to do. With you know anything that we're talking about, but one podcast that I really like to listen to is I like to listen to the Bill Simmons podcast, which he's another guy that I believe got bought by into Spotify, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong there. Um, maybe I'm mistaken there, but he's got a huge sports podcast, like just created like a company almost that started out with as a podcast. It's amazing what a podcast can do in two in, in 2020 2021. It's just crazy.
1: It's a I think it's in its infancy too. I, I think yeah. there's gonna be a lot, a lot more coming in the podcast space. But one thing I wanted to ask you about before we get started, I know you got your logo redesigned. Tell me about yeah. that, man. I thought it looked great, by the way.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Um, so we I I had come to the point, you know, to where my ultimate goal for Christian Britain Insurance Services is I I want us to be able to grow into an FMO. You know, that's kind of what I want for us to do. And, and we're, and I think we're closer than people realize, you know, I think um, like we now have a, a lot, a majority of, um, you know, SGA contracts, pretty high level contracts and things like that. And we're bringing on more and more agents. We have more production every year. Um, and now that we're going to be building out the um, in-house sales force. you know, we've already started putting ads out to look for agents to kind of come into the office and work um, with the agency. Um, and, uh, w- with, that, I felt like we needed a more of a big boy logo. You know, I like our logo. Um, I-, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was memorable. I thought it was cute, you know, um, for lack of a better word, but I felt like we needed more <laughs> of, um, <laughs>
1: I love that you felt the need to defend yourself. You're like it was it was cute. It was cute.
0: It was, cute. Like, it was cute, you guys. But but I, I felt why, like
1: why didn't you do Brindle Benefits? Why is it Christian Brindle insurance insurance services? What what happened to Brindle Benefits? Shout out to Ray. I know you're yeah. watching, homie.
0: I loved the sound of it, but and but I'll tell you why. I'll tell you okay. why. I went back and watched the interview that I did with Danielle Kunkel Roberts and um or in, in the middle of last year. Yeah, and yeah, Something she said really jumped out at me and I thought it applied. She said that when you're creating your brand, when you're creating your, you know, um, presence, especially online, it's such, it's such a disservice to you if you make it too similar to another brand. And so like she was talking, she she used Medicare Bob for an example, like for Bobby Beige. She's like, you don't want to be Medicare Glenn or Medicare Christian or something like that because then. You know, for first of all, Google search more associates you as a as a copycat, and so that I thought that was really insightful. I just thought it was too similar to, to to Boomer Benefits. You know, I didn't want it to seem like that for one, and number two, I thought what she said made a lot of sense. You know, um, but but that's why I like the name, but mm-hmm. couldn't do it. I think
1: I think insurance services sounds more professional. Then Benefits. Um, you could always DBA it too. Because I think I think Brindle Benefits is a really good like market. Like you might not want to have your company name be Brindle Benefits, but you could DBA it, and that could be your marketing brand that yeah. people see. You know, hey, call Brindle be- Benefits today. You know, I'm Christian Brindle. But yeah. anyways, food for yeah, thought. True. I love the logo. I love what you're doing. I thank you. I really love Um, that you're getting licensed in more states. I feel like that's something that I had talked to you about forever ago. Yeah, Um, you did. You know, when you're selling over the phone and and Christian does kind of both, I'm not going to speak for for Christian on how he operates, but, you know, from working with him previously, I know Christian works with his local area and he's also selling over the phone um, in other states. And if you're selling over the phone, your one of your biggest advantages is that you can sell to anyone in any state and it's really just a matter of money to get licensed in these states now mind you as christians learning and i've learned just for being in the industry certain states will make you jump through hoops um georgia california uh i know there's there's a few those are the two off the top of my head that i know will they'll they'll have you do extra stuff is that i'd be curious too what what's that been like? Getting licensed in all these additional states? I'd love to hear what what your thoughts are.
0: So um, confusing, um, chaotic, stressful, all the above. Like today. So so today we get Michigan back. So the other thing is too. For someone like myself, for the most part, I have an individual license. I have an agency license for Christian Brindle Insurance Services. So. Typically, with most of the insurance companies, when you're when you're paying the commissions to your corporation and you're kind of deferring to that regard, you have to have both licenses in pretty much every state. So that's just kind of a rule of thumb. Well, so you have to apply for the individual licenses and you can't apply for the agency license until there's an individual person licensed first in that state with most places. So you have to wait for the individual license to come back. And then once it comes back, then you have to apply for the agency license. And every state takes a different amount of time. So one state might take a day. One might take three days. One might take a week. One might take a week and a half. So it's all over the place. Um, And like today, for example, you know, we got Michigan back, individual license. And I'm trying to figure out how to print it. Some websites make you go to their stupid <laughs> Stupid fucking website. And, uh, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> and, um, and, they'll, and they'll make you create an account like Maine does this, for example. You know, yeah. make you create an account on the Maine Insurance Department website and then hunt for their license through their shitty website, you know, and it's hard to find. Um, Kentucky was one that I was been battling with the last day or two. Finally got it. Um, so that's challenging. You can't download all of them off of NIPR or Circon. A lot of them you can, but some of them you have to go through that company's um, website. But the thing I found interesting about Michigan, I could not find it anywhere. So I called the Michigan Insurance Department because I had like 20 minutes free and I wanted this license. I wanted to be, I wanted to get it and be done with it, and not have to come back to it. So I called the Michigan Insurance Department. And they're like, we are. They're like, they're like, yeah, there's no way to do that on our website. And if some, if anybody is watching this you your license in Michigan, if this is not true, please tell me because I've been driving <laughs> myself nuts. <laughs> I, I thought what they told me, there's no way that it could be accurate, but they're like, we don't email them out. You can't download them. There's no way to do it. We will mail it to you. I'm like, you're, you're kidding, right? Yeah, I'm that like, sucks. You'll mail it to me. And they're like, and they gave me my license number and everything like that, but you need the license. You know, you need the actual license. Um, right. So like, it's stressful. It's very, very stressful. So once you get the agency license back, then you have to send the licenses off to Um, the different insurance companies request the appointments. And so it's just a big, big ordeal, big process. We sent, we probably have about 35 total States done right now that we're licensed in. Everything's completed. We have about five to six States remaining that we're trying to get wrapped up, but it's just big job, big job.
1: You know, it, it's super beneficial though, right? So as as much of a nightmare and as much money as you're probably shelling out to do it, you know, I'll give just an example off the top of my head. I know previously I've seen you, you'll get a lead or you'll get a referral in a state that you're not licensed in. And you're like, hey guys, you know, so-and-so is ready for a plan who's licensed in the state. And now now you don't have to do that. (laughs) And now you can internalize, you know, take those referrals in. Yeah. Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second, though. For any new agents listening, um, you don't have to get licensed in 40 states. You don't have to get licensed in, in 30 states when you're new. The, the reality is, even if you're selling over the phone, you could start in just your, your home state. Um, and, and again, unless it's a really small state, then maybe you want to add a couple of states, I personally feel like the sweet spot for someone who's new and they're trying to sell over the phone is like probably three to seven states, depending on how big those states are. You know, if you're in the Midwest, you might need five or six states just because you could blow through a couple of these smaller states with marketing spend. And now you're, you're on to a different state, but you don't, that's just one thing I, I want to say out the gate is don't think you have to come into this industry, you know, get licensed in 50 states. Take on 10 different carriers, you know, take on five different types of marketing. Like, like don't overthink this for sure. I I just want to stress because I've been down that road before. And I remember thinking, having those thoughts as a new agent and thinking, man, if I could just get licensed in 50 states, I'd make a a billion dollars. Right. But Mm -hmm. that's just that you have to know what you're doing and you have to figure out kind of your process and your sales system before you, before that even matters when you're established like Christian is you'd be crazy not to be in 40 or 50 States. And, yeah. and he's going to, I think you'll ultimately reap the benefit, whether it's contracting agents out of state, you know, your clients moving from state to state, which ultimately your book of business that'll happen um, referrals. Hey, my sister lives in Iowa. You know, I'm, I know I'm in Utah. I really appreciate you helping me set up my meds up. My sister's in Iowa. She's turning 65 next year. She's freaking out about Medicare you know, you name it. So um, yeah, I just wanted to, to kind of cover that. I think that's awesome though. And I'm also surprised, I, you would think there'd be a service that would make it easier. Like you think there'd be a third party service like Nipper where you could just say, here's 10 grand Nipper, hmm. you know, make me nationally licensed. But yep. that's not how it works either. You have to deal with all these individual states. the The insurance laws will vary from state to state. Like again, Christian's talking about have to do certain things based on the state it can be a total total nightmare so
0: i think the worst state total up until this point and this is when i got like beginning of last year was virginia virginia um they're they're a state of nazis you know i mean they (laughs) if anyone's listening to virginia i'm not talking about you i'm talking about your your insurance department um just wanted to uh, leave that disclaimer but (laughs) (laughs) Virginia has and I'm sure we're going to run into this with some other states. Um, I know Virginia's not alone. I know that for a fact, but Virginia has this registered agent program that just drove me absolutely crazy. Essentially, you had to have a person that was with your company living in the state otherwise you couldn't get a license whether even if you're non-resident. So there are literally companies called registered agent companies that you can pay one time a year, and they will be your person for you. Like they'll be, they'll be, like, I'm your person with your company kind of thing. Right. And um, we had to do that. Like it, they, they, and and I didn't know about it at first, or maybe I didn't pay attention. I'm not sure. And Tony, were- you are late. And of course, of course. buying you two tacos. You owe me two tacos, Tony. Sorry, continue. Gosh. Dos. Um, but I didn't do it at first and our, our agency license termed and we had to reapply again, pay again. Um, and so the, that, those kind of things are just frustrating. Every state's a little different. Some states are just ridiculous. Um, I've heard New York's kind of crazy so far. It hasn't been so bad, but I'm not, I'm, I'm holding my breath a little bit. Are you in California? Did you get license in California? Mm -hmm.
1: Was that one hard or no? I thought, I thought California had some extra hoops.
0: It does. Um, the thing with California is your name has to be approved. So it has to meet their criteria for the name of your company. Luckily, something they about. liked my name. They didn't have a problem <laughs> with my name. <laughs> <laughs> Rindle Benefits would have gotten can, bro. You're lucky. So like my dad, 10 years ago, picked up a California license or something like that. He had to come up with a completely new company name just for that. Wow. Um, so like, it depends, I guess, but they, 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 they can be pretty difficult, but for me, they were a little easier than normal, but um, yeah, it's, it's definitely difficult. I mean, I think the thing that we struggled with last year that really just started to be a problem, and this is why we were doing it, it was number one, like you said, clients reaching out to you, looking for business. There was one person I referred um, a person in Illinois and Chicago to Carlos and his last name is escaping me, but he runs a group, another group, a big group. um, And I referred it to him and it turned into four people. Wow. And he was like, he's like, he sent me a message one day and he's like, you're going to be really upset when I tell you what I'm about to tell you.
1: He's like, it's a $10 million annuity. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: They were demanding that I processed it within the first week of talking. Yeah.
0: Oh, shit. Wow. And so like, there was a lot of those going on to where, you know, we, we get a lot of phone calls mainly because. And it's not that we do any marketing or branding, it's the podcast, it's the YouTube channel, it's the books, it's all the branding we do that gets found online, um, and referrals and stuff like that. And um, the other thing is, some of our downline agents wanted to pick up license in other states, like I'll have, sometimes I'll get, I'll have an agent that comes on and and contracts with us, and they will have like five clients under their belt, and they want to get licensed in like 25 states you know, like that's what they want. Right. And with some companies, not every, but some companies like United healthcare as an example, you can't get licensed in any state that your upline's not up, um, licensed in. And it has to be all throughout the hierarchy. So everyone in their hierarchy has to have that license as well. So those were, those were problems. Those were issues. And I just didn't want to have these issues anymore. Um, and so that's kind of why we did it, but I'm, and, and you encouraged me early on to do it and um I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be a good thing.
1: Uh, Don't worry. I'll invoice you for, for that advice. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was a freebie. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes.
0: We,
1: we have a question from Lawrence Reed. Uh, The question is any advice on recruiting agents? Obviously this is a a huge question. Mm -hmm. um, Something that so many agents, agency owners, IMOs, FMOs, the, the value of having an agent that contracts under you and is selling whether it's LOA like we talked about last week we talked about LOA agents right Mm -hmm. this is someone who comes on they're signing their commissions they're signing the book of business to you or to the agency that you own Um, and then of course there's kind of the broker model where you know you're taking a very small percentage off the top and they're 1099 and they're still getting paid directly from the company so as far as recruiting agents go though there's, yeah, identify your target agent first. Yeah, I like that. 100% Tony, right on the, right on the money there. Um, and there's, there's probably, you know, 8% nation we'll use as an example here.
0: Not for either. every
1: 10 agents that you attract that you're trying to recruit to work for you, most likely nine of those 10 um, either will, you know, not sell anything um, you know, waste your time. They're, they're just talking, like Christian said, someone who sells five policies and they're like, hey, I need, you know, you're my upline. Pay for me to get licensed in 25 states, right? Like you have, you have the the tire kickers, the people who maybe they have uh, another income somewhere else. I, I feel like there's so many agents who fall into that ca- category where like, yeah. maybe, maybe their wife works or maybe they have another job or maybe they, they have enough money in the bank where they're not really worried about selling. And so they like, don't really sell any insurance. They're just kind of here for, for the ride. Um, so I think Tony had some, some sage advice there. I think making sure you know what you're looking for. Um, and that's why I think it's most important to figure out how to sell insurance or sell before you start recruiting. I mean, here's Christian, right? Christian's seven years into the industry. And I'm over here, typically, I when I'm berating people, and I'm yelling at people, it's, you know, why the hell are you recruiting agents when you've been in the industry for six months? And, you know, it was just last month that you're asking me how to quote out a policy. And now here I am, I see you all over social media saying, I'm hiring, I'm recruiting, like, (laughs) it doesn't make sense. Well, I, you know, I'm going the opposite direction with Christian, where I'm like, what are you doing? You know, you, you have all of this knowledge you've been in the industry for so long you're still spending so much of your time with your clients selling directly christian's in a position where he really should have a downline where he should be recruiting more agents um just because it makes more sense where he's at in his career but yeah before you before anything and i don't know lawrence maybe you're brand new in the industry maybe you've been selling for years i don't know but um, I would highly recommend making sure that you're successful before you bring on other agents. That you're essentially promising, "Hey, I can make you successful, and make you money by coming to work with me."
0: Yeah, I mean, um, my my two cents would be this: is to understand what it is you are going to be to that agent. You know, I think everybody thinks about, okay, I want to have, you know, fifty agents contracted under me, and they're going to go out and sell, and they're going to. You know, they're going to do all this and I'm just going to kick back and and make overrides. And that's not realistic. Um, Like Glenn said, a majority of them will fizzle out of the business. Um, It's just, it is what it is. Um, There's a lot of crap you got to put up with sometimes. And then at the end of the day, what you're doing is, I love what Tony said, because he said, identify your target agent. You're becoming a business partner with this agent is how you have to look at it you're partnering with them in their business and they're partnering with you and yours to a certain extent. And um, not all agents are created equal. You know, I mean, if you have an agent that you feel like is going to be more of a detriment to your business, then maybe hey, that's not a person you want to partner with. So I
1: don't, do you watch shark tank at all? All the time, all the time. So, Love I it. Convinced, I convinced my wife to watch it with me, so we've been. I've been kind of binging. Like I thought I'd seen most of it, but there's 13 seasons now, or something crazy. So there's an insane amount of content that I'm going through. But um, I look at it almost like a franchise model. Um, when you're when you're taking on a downline, you know that upline um, could provide branding. They could provide marketing. They could provide contracting. That like Christian said, there's all these different things that an upline can do. So making sure you understand what you want to offer, what you're comfortable offering. And essentially, you know, there should be no qualm or question about your compensation as an upline. You know, hey, I'm making two points on your med stuff, or you know, I'm making 20% on your on your life business or whatever it is. If it gets to that point where someone is talking to you as their upline and they're they're saying, well, what are you going to do for me? you know, it, it's all about that value or almost like a franchise owner, you know, hey, I've already built this. I'm going to allow you to have access to my stuff. And in exchange, I'm going to be making a small portion off of what you're selling. Um, yeah. I I always thought that was kind of an interesting analogy.
0: Yeah. And, I, and I, I, I like the analogy. I think it's a good one. I think with agents, um, you have to also get to a point in your business, especially like, you know, if you start in the business and you're selling, let's say you build up a book of business and you have, I don't know, 800 clients, 900 clients, a thousand clients, and you start recruiting. Well, how do you balance your time at that point? Because I've always said that one agent um, is probably as much work as 50 to hundred clients, just one. In most cases,
1: that's, that's probably, that's probably accurate if I'm being on, because if you think about like 50, 50 clients, like how often your phone's ringing from 50 clients, it's really not that often. Whereas one agent could consume your whole day.
0: Easy, easy. Like the last couple of years where we've been working with more and more agents, I have learned very quickly um, and some through painful experiences that agents will essentially suck every ounce of your day out of you if you let them. And it's not that I don't love working with our downline agents. Um, I do, but there have been agents over the years, you know, that they will just take and take and take, you know, they'll get on the phone with me and they'll want to stay on the phone with me for three hours or something like that. They'll just keep asking questions that really aren't relevant to them. You know, like questions that really have nothing to do with their business that I might know the answer to, but I've got other things to do when I think where where I'm, where I'm going with this is when you're selling and recruiting at the same time, it's difficult because there's typically a fine line, especially when you have a big book of business, a big book of business takes a lot of time and energy to, to take care of it. Um, And having a lot of agents takes a lot of time and energy to service them as well, you know, because essentially you're providing a service to them. They contract with you, they sell with you. Um, And so A challenge can be, you know, where where do you want to put your time? You know, because usually where you put your time is where you're going to make your money. And um, if you're selling, you have to essentially, you know, have the time to sell. And if you're spending all your time with agents, you can't do that. So you have to find a way to balance your time and kind of figure out what is my business model is my business model to recruit agents or is my business model to sell, or is it a mixture of the two? And you kind of got to figure out how that, what that looks like. And I think that's been a challenge for us over the years. And, um, I mean, like Glenn said, I'm going to be doing less and less individual selling myself. I'm kind of, I'm kind of aiming to grow out of it to where I'm not writing any policies myself. That's kind of my vision. Um, cause I'd rather work with agents and train agents cause I enjoyed to, to do that a little bit more.
1: I mean, you can have a larger impact, right? I mean, you can, you personally can only handle so many clients. So that's why I feel like it's a natural evolution of an agent to get to the point, you know, someone, again, I see this like with Justin Brock as well, like as an agent, you get to this point naturally where you can't service your book anymore. You can't handle all of the organic referrals that are happening off your book of business You know, you're spending money on marketing, but you don't have the time to necessarily track down every single sale that could come from that marketing. Like there's all of these naturally good problems that you're going to have the longer you're in the industry and you'll get to a point where it makes sense that you'll want to create a downline. But I'd say the number one of the number one mistakes I see is just doing that too quickly or pulling that trigger too quickly. So to kind of transition this or segue this, because we're already probably about halfway, I don't know what time it is
0: we went we got off
1: track didn't we (laughs) yeah we did a little bit but that's what taco tuesday is all about so to kind of segue here because i do want to touch on what we wanted to talk about today and this year or season two of taco tuesday you guys we're we're trying to be a little more topical We, we want it to be where you know again if if we have a podcast or a video that's posted later instead of it's just taco tuesday episode 20 or whatever we want to have some key topics that are discussed whether it's just me and christian or we have a guest on and one of the topics or, or the topic that we really wanted to cover today is, you know, APs over, um, the holidays are over, you know, here we are, it's January, 2021. What, what, what happens now? You know, what do I do next? And um, I think, you know, Tony, when we had Tony on previously, uh, which he, he said this, that stuck with me because again, I've been in the industry long enough and I've seen the Medicare space long enough. It used to be Medicare was so much more seasonal where Medicare agents were kind of done in January. There they were Medicare agents that only worked open enrollment. I'm sure there still are. There probably still are agents who literally only work open enrollment. But the Medicare space has kind of evolved now where there's all of these opportunities for you to continue selling Medicare or policies that align with Medicare, You know, cross-selling dental vision hearing, you know, life insurance, cancer policies, shout out to the Bundle Queen. Um, I know she sold a ton of cancer insurance outside of open enrollment last year. Um, Galen, I was blanking on her name for a second. Galen did an incredible job with Medicare mom. Yes. Medicare mama. Um, And so that's really what we want to talk about is strategies or things you can focus on now that AAP is over um, and Christian, one of the first ones he mentioned was OEP. So why don't you take a second and talk about OEP for, so, you know, again, specifically if you're talking to a brand new agent, they just got done with their first AEP, you know, how would you explain OEP and, and how to maybe pursue OEP to a new agent?
0: Yeah. Um, I would say with OEP, the main thing is I, I had some, I've, I had a, probably a, a handful. I don't maybe two or three agents in the last week or two that have, sent me personal messages with advice on how they should p- specifically market for OEP. And another person sent me an ad that being, you know, and the ad that they, they created, you know, was like, it's OEP call me for this. And I was like, you can't do yeah. that.
1: No, no, no. You can't Market <laughs>
0: OEP. That's a, so that's the thing. You can't market OEP. You can't put up a Facebook ad compliantly. That's saying it's OEP. Call me. You can change blah, blah, blah. And you shouldn't ever see a commercial that says that either. What the big call centers are doing is they just continue running their ads. They just don't take the pedal off, you know, the gas, if you will. And they just continue to run their ads. The Joe Namath commercials are still going. They haven't stopped, you know, Um, all of these TV commercials, the 144 back in your social security, none of those have stopped. Um, They're just not specifically mentioning OEP. And so that's what you need to be doing is, you know, if you're buying leads, buy leads. And you're going to be able to write a lot more of them than you would be able to in May, Yep. you know? Um, and, or if you're running a Facebook ad or doing your own marketing, don't mention OEP. You're going to get in trouble. Don't mention OEP. Um, but just, you know, put up some generic, you know, Medicare, you know, put up, put up some generic, are you getting all the benefits you're entitled to advertisement or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. But the main thing is, is you don't mention OEP, but it doesn't mean you can't specifically go after people and go after, you know, new business during this time period. So for most people, you know, we just keep doing what we, what we always do, you know, as we just, we, we run our ads, we don't mention OEP, we continue to buy leads. We do direct mail. We do, we do, we do what we do with you guys and, um, and the various things that we do. And it just turns out that we have an opportunity to write a huge amount of more of a portion of people than we would three months from now. Um, yeah. So just treat it like that. You know, it's not quite the same thing as AEP. Um, it's mainly Medicare Advantage centric. You can really only change people that have Medicare Advantage plans, but there's other opportunities. You know, there's um, subs can obviously be changed all year round. You know, Medicare, Medicaid people can be changed three out of the four quarters of the year. Um, and so there's a lot of different opportunities out there. But for OEP, that's that's how I approach it. Just don't don't mention it. Don't talk about it. But it doesn't mean you can't do well with it.
1: Yeah, so I'll kind of share some insight on my side of, of the paradigm uh, from the marketing perspective. And again, understanding this compliance with OAP. One of the biggest call centers that I work with, and this is a call center that focuses on Medicare exclusively, Medicare Advantage, Medicare Supplement, that, that's really all they do. And you know they love OAP because what happens is They get out of uh, AEP, which AEP can be pretty competitive for Medicare Advantage, right? Tons of people going at it. Well, OEP, it doesn't seem like the space is quite as crowded. And then you can market something else that's compliant, that's not Medicare Advantage. MedSup is a great example. And then if the need arises, you have compliantly the ability to enroll someone in a medicare advantage plan it's, it's really like best case scenario i feel like and maybe it's just the red tape or the confusion that agents don't seem to attack this as much as maybe other agents or agencies do but you know one of one of the largest clients that we have you know they will take their call center they really focus on the marketing more on medsup but again, if the need arises when they're talking to that client, they're able to compliantly pivot to a Medicare Advantage plan and really take advantage of the entire situation as if it's still AEP. And, and so as long as you understand those rules, you're essentially you almost have like this six month window, you know, of AEP where, where you can sell Medicare Advantage. So, you know, yeah. that's my, my personal recommendation is finding, finding a policy that you like to cross-sell. Obviously MedSAP is so close to Medicare Advantage. It's, it's, it's easy to, to kind of pivot between those two. But yeah, there's, there's others that I know agents who, who switch to final expense in January. You know, they're focusing on final expense. That's the marketing they're doing. And then it, again, if OEP needs a rise, they'll pivot that way. Cancer insurance, dental vision, hearing, home health care. I mean, you you name it, you guys, there's, there's hospital indemnity plans, right? I mean, there's so much in this space where you can almost kind of vertically integrate on top of Medicare advantage. And the other thing to keep in mind, you guys, if you end up cross-selling and you have a more than one policy in a household, your persistency is going to go up. The chance of that policy falling off the books is significantly less. I want to say statistically, it's like sixty or eighty percent less likely to fall off when you have more than one policy in the house, whether that's you know a husband-wife or the wife has her meds up and that final expense plan with you. Um, and then the other part of this too is, oh, I just blanked on my 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 second thought there. <laughs> I was so into the cro- cross sell, you guys. You just got a cross sell. I'm done. Damn it! Damn it! Cross day. sell it's January, 2021, just start cross-selling. But yeah, persistency is huge, you know, keeping those policies on the books and, and being able to pivot between products. Christian, question for you, what, what other policies, you know, do you guys do much outside of MedSub, MedAdvantage, or is that really kind of your core?
0: Definitely our core. Um, And we could even do maybe a better job at cross-selling, but we do do a lot of dental. We're good at that. Um, We are good at hospital indemnity, but not as good as we could be, but we're good at it. You know, we do a good amount of it. Um, we've gotten a lot better the last 12 to 15 months at cancer. Um, before that we virtually did close to no cancer. And, um, since I've gotten to know Galen, she's dramatically changed my mind. Not, not that I ever had an opinion on it. I just didn't think about it. You know, um, we now do under 65, So like last year we did a good amount, we, you know, we started doing short-term medical. We started doing a lot more of that for under 65. We did some ACA during open enrollment and, um, we do, we do some final expense, but it's very little, you know, we really don't do a whole lot of life, but, you know, we probably do a handful of final expense a year, handful of mortgage protection, things like that. Um, we don't do annuities. Um,
1: it's funny you mentioned that Mike Mike just posted here in I, know, I saw yeah, he's like he's like, I knew it, I'm like, duh, yeah, I knew yeah. it. He's, that's that's a fantastic you know
0: and, and I, I encourage people to get into it my my problem has always been with it is as that this stage of my career, like today, I got here at seven thirty and um and i'm I've been up to my eyeballs all day with things to do, you know, contracting sending out contracting agents we're moving some of our contracts to finish up um our increase in contraction levels um there's just so many things that have gone on all day and so like a day like today brings me you know to a good as a good example i just i just don't have the time to integrate it in i'm so busy up to my eyeballs in what we're doing with medicare it's just insane you know um
1: You don't have to, I mean, the thing, I know a ton of Medicare agents who do annuities, but um, I also know some Medicare agents where it was something they didn't transition to until later on. So like you can focus on just building that book of business and then you can worry about some of these cross-selling down the road, you guys, you know, and again, Christian, you specifically, I mean, you could build out your Medicare book and then just start cross-marketing your book, all these other opportunities like annuities or cancer insurance.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think the most realistic thing for us is someday I'll probably hire someone to come in and be our annuity person, you know, and build that role for the business so they can work on cross selling. I think it's kind of like what Justin's doing with, with um, Bobby Brock and bringing someone in to do PNC, you know, Justin, I mean, I, 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 a lot of agents talk to me and they're like, I see Justin Brock's doing PNC. Should we start doing PNC? I'm like, Justin Brock, and if he sees this and I'm wrong, correct me, but I'm positive that he told me privately that he's, they're going to bring someone in and cross sell it. You know, he's like that, that, that's going to be the role in the company. And I don't think that's a secret. I think that's the smart way to go about it instead of Justin trying to learn a completely new different product that has nothing to do with what he's good at. Um, he brings in another person that that's their skill set and um that's what they bring to the business. And so that that that's kind of what I've seen is some big companies that I've observed is they'll usually have people in different roles. You know, you don't usually see too many people, not that they don't exist, but you don't see too many people that they're slaying it with PNC, they're slaying it with Medicare, they're slaying it with annuities, they're slaying it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't yeah. see a lot of those. I think that's like a unicorn person. I agree. I'm sure they exist, but- Usually most companies, they'll have one guy for this, one guy for that, one guy for this, one guy for that, you know. Um, I think that life and Medicare kind of go hand in hand. So that's maybe a little different. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it's just kind of interesting. The, the, another thing I wanted to add to what you said about what Tony said about, you know, a couple of years ago, Medicare agents just didn't seem to work as much outside of AEP. I think there's been a lot of pressure put on them to work outside of AEP as well. With OEP being brought into the fold, it, it being brought back a couple of years ago with, with more and more call centers popping up. Like I mentioned earlier, there's so many commercials going on. There's so much advertising going on. I think a lot of agents are starting to feel like if they don't grow, they're at risk um, more so than there may, than that might've been the case five years ago.
1: Capitalism one one baby.
0: I love it. You're either going <laughs> up
1: or down. There's <laughs> no in between. You're either losing clients or gaining clients.
0: No sideways.
1: Yeah. No sideways. Hell yeah.
0: I think that increased competition has kind of forced that, forced the hand of agents to not maybe be as lazy. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I don't disagree with that. I think um I, I think it is, I think part of the part of what we're seeing too, I think, could be just this, the sheer number of Medicare eligibles coming into the market. So I, I think maybe maybe CMS was almost kind of forced to start doing OEP more regularly just because there's such a need for seniors to be able to get onto these plans. You know, yeah. and more there's more people turning 65 every day. There's more Medicare, you know, more people on Medicare today than there's ever been. And and they they need our help, you guys. And we've talked about this on previous Taco Tuesdays, but the number of seniors to active medicare agents is astounding and it's just going to grow and that disparity of active medicare agent to number of medicare eligibles is going to become this huge disparity um, it's, it's going to be really interesting to kind of see how the next 10 years play out um, but what what other advice do you have for agents not to get too off topic here but what other advice do you have for oep or maybe mistakes that you've seen um, and, and even outside OEP, right? Because again, maybe, maybe you're not really wanting to do a lot of Medicare Advantage right now. Maybe you have other aspirations um, that you're trying to pursue like other product lines. And, and I also want to preface and say, like I said at the start of this, talking about the number of states we're getting licensed in, you know, Christian, I think, hit it right on the nose when, when he said, it's more of a unicorn to have one agent. Um, or an agency where everyone's doing everything, you know, everyone's selling annuities, everyone's selling PNC, everyone's selling Medicare and life, like that's definitely more of a a unicorn. I think generalists get killed. And I think experts really excel in the industry. Um, There are examples that would prove me wrong. I totally agree. But I think typically the, the most successful agents focus on like one or two things you know, Medicare Advantage, Medicare Supplement, you know. And they just
0: um, they just crush it in those one or two things that they do. Like, yeah. my dad always told me when I was starting, you know, because I, I remember, like, my dad always discouraged me from doing under 65 at all. And I think he was right and wrong by doing that. I think he was right because I was still learning Medicare. Um, he was wrong because he wanted – he basically told me that I should never do it. Um, and so – but one thing that he told me early on, you know, when I was in my first year, I think in the business, he's like, you can't be all things to all people. And I think it's true. You know, like I'm not going to be Glenn's tax accountant, you know, <laughs> like, and if Glenn comes to me to do his taxes, I think he's got bigger problems, but because <laughs> yeah. I pay a lot of money to not do my own taxes. I'll tell you that much. And uh, <laughs> Um, but, but, but yeah, I mean, my, that, that you get my point. Like, I think it's, I think you're better off being, um, a master of one thing instead of a yeah. Jack of all trades. Cause yeah. it's the old saying, right? Jack of all trades, yep. master of none. Yep. And every time I say something like that, someone comes out of the word works that would be that unicorn person, as far as right. I know, you know, and they're like, yeah. they're like, they you don't know what you're talking about? I have 10,000 clients and they're you know, equally distributed 25% here, 25%, percent there. 25. I'm like, well, good for you. Not everybody's going to do that. You know, that is very unusual. And you're on the other side of the keyboard. How do I know you're not just trolling me? You know, um, but that's my opinion. You know, I think that I don't think it's a bad idea to add new things. I was talking to someone on the phone the other day too, about this. And I, what I told them is uh, if I were you, I would master one thing. doesn't have to be Medicare. But master one thing for for a year to two years, do nothing but it, and then add to it. But I wouldn't get off those train tracks until then. Yeah, no, I
1: I, I completely agree, and <clears throat> I think I think the the reason this like this idea of being a, a generalist is is popular. And I'm thinking back to like when I was first getting started in the industry, and like, you know, again, I I was a kind of I, I was putting feelers out everywhere. I talked, I talked to all sorts of people. I talked to, you know, state farm agents, agency owners, farmers, you know, brick and mortar call center. I mean, you name it. And, and a lot of some of these specifically on the PNC side, because the PNC side is so focused because getting car insurance is like a commodity. You have to have it right. It's state law it's so commoditized that they focus on the cross sell on trying to get your PNC clients. Okay. uh, Yeah. We've got your car insurance. Now what about your, your renters insurance or homeowners? I mean, if I call progressive who my car insurance is through, they are constantly trying to cross sell me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, and again, PNC, I think, I think there's actually way more PNC agents than life and health agents. Right. Totally. Yeah, totally. Yep. So you have this huge group of insurance agents who are PNC focused, who are being trained and told that you need to, you have to get X number of life policies every month. They're selling PNC to try to get to the life insurance. And, you know, if you're a brand new agent, your wires are all crossed, you're jack of all trades, master of none, just like you said. And and I really think that's one of the worst things a new agent could do. I, I really think... And especially being that this is a new year, you guys stay focused on, on your core offering, whatever that core offering is. And, and I don't think Christian or myself are here to tell you what your core offering should be, but don't, don't jump into this year and say, Oh shit, I'm going to get contracted with, you know, 10 life carriers, you know, 10 med sub carriers. I'm going to, I'm going to start, I'm going to get my PNC license. I'm gonna start doing annuities like, whoa, easy. whoa 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 whoa. So
0: what is one I, I talked to one guy one time. Um, it must have been in, in 2020, but it seemed like it was longer ago than that, but um, I gave him this spiel. you know I'm like, you should this, you know you should do this, this and this is what I'd recommend. And he was like, well, Amazon didn't, seems to do everything. They seem to be doing all right. I'm like but they did one thing for 10 years first. Yeah, I know. And like, <laughs> you know i was like they sold I, books i wanted to hop books to online for 10 years for yeah. 10 years i'm like and and that's what people don't understand they hear us saying you know what we're saying and they take it as never do it you know but that's not what we're saying i think it's they're saying don't do it all at once don't do it all at once i guarantee you amazon has departments for each thing. They don't have the same department doing all the things they're doing. Like the book department's not doing, you know, whole foods stuff, (laughs) you know, like, so I I guarantee it, you know, (laughs) it's,
1: that's awesome.
0: But yeah, I mean, you know, that, that conversation comes to mind, but like, I don't, um, I don't know. I feel
1: like we're giving Tony way too much credit. Like, (laughs) like I want to go vomit, honestly, Tony. Um, I feel like this might be something Tony said. Maybe I'm giving him false credit. I don't know. But there's this saying where it's, you can do it all, but you can't do it all at once. Mm-hmm. And again, kind of being an entrepreneur, being drowning in opportunity, right? Where you just look around, you feel like, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this. Um, you can do it all. You can be Amazon, but you you can't overnight do everything. You you have to do things in kind of an order there's a process there's a system you know don't don't try to do everything at once
0: and and you can't compare the works of an organization to you as in by yourself as an individual like that i think a lot of people get caught into that you know they look at the production of like some huge agency right with like 50 agents 100 agents something like that look at justin brock's production when he's sharing and you know
1: absolutely legitimate numbers he's taking screenshots from his back end you know i have no doubts about anything justin has shared but as a new agent you know i'm sure you see that and you're like oh man i suck you know like it's it's apples and oranges like why are you even looking at that thinking like you know i I don't know that's the the comparison of social media that's a whole nother topic but i feel like there's a lot of agents that go down that that rabbit hole
0: it's strange to me. It's really odd because, you know, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, it's almost like a guy and his wife opens up a grocery store, right? It's just this little tiny grocery store. It's in this small, like they're, they're kind of like starting up their own business and they're comparing themselves to basically Walmart with thousands of locations all over the world, um, you know, and they're there are two, they're, they're the only two employees of the business, his husband and wife. And they're like, oh man, we're not doing what walmart's doing well of course not walmart's got i don't know how many employees you know like how big is the organization you gotta you don't want to compare yourself to people in general at all it's not healthy but the other thing is i think in our industry particularly you have people comparing themselves to entire organizations and i just think it's not necessary and it's it's silly just think about it like that
1: yeah, you know, and, and I'll kind of reference when, when Christian was talking about, you know, my my journey and and starting lead heroes, I kind of mentioned this, and I'll kind of recap for some of you who may have not heard that. You know, in 2018, I was trying to be the marketer for everything for, for senior insurance agents. We were rolling out direct mail leads in 2018. We were trying to do fixed cost um, Facebook leads in 2018 on top of all of our call center business. And Without a doubt, it was one of the worst decisions I've ever made as a business owner. And it absolutely falls right into the line of, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. Um, And after six months of trying to do really all three of those, you know, and and in my head, I thought this is the perfect trifecta, right? You you want a Facebook lead, an internet lead, you want a a call center based lead, you want a direct mail lead, we can do all that under one house. Uh, but the truth is, is, you know, we're a master of the call center business. I'm not a, I'm not Christopher Weir. You know, I'm not lead concepts. I'm not doing millions of pieces of mail per month. So um, that was a nightmare. And then on the Facebook side, it's really the same thing. You know, there's people spending millions of dollars per month on Facebook advertising. And, you know, that's just not our specialty. So, you know, focus, focus on one thing, set realistic goals. Um, you know, I, I know we've talked about, you know, three, 500 Medicare clients. I mean, that's a significant income. You guys, that can, that can really make a difference.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's, it's crazy because three to 500 Medicare clients, you know, easily, easily nowadays in six figures, you know, um, and I think it's, it's one of those things, you know, that it it depends on who do you want to be? You know, who do you want to be? What do you want to do? What's your business model? And I think anything you do that takes you outside of your business model is gonna de- detract. Um doesn't mean you can't add things if you're able to kind of scale like that, but it does it shouldn't ever be taking away from what the bottom line is. And I think that's the the other thing, you know. Like, um, I know I know we're kind of pushing it on time here, but this was something that kind of came to mind that I thought was interesting. This comes into the fray with content too, you know, like when with people that want to want to take make content. A lot of people that want to make content think that they need to be, you know, from nine to five every day making content and not making calls. Like, let's say there's an agent that's they've been successful from cold calling. You know, they, they sell a bunch of business. They're great at cold calling the call leads. That's what they do. But they start they try to replace that with making content. That's not the message. The message is to supplement what you're doing and maybe eventually let it grow into what you're doing maybe your content becomes so good or you have so much of it that you have your phones ringing off the hook one day but you don't just stop cold turkey what you're doing and do something that's such a long-term play like content you know it's you know anything that you do should be adding to what you're good at and not taking away from the bottom line so 100% a
1: thought. 100% yeah add Don't add to the point that you're taking away from your core. You know, it it really is that simple. Tony here said another shout out to Mr. Merwin, 400 clients, $120,000 annually. Obviously that's an estimation, um, you know, based on the premium amounts, I'm sure that could fluctuate a bit, but I'm sure that's a really good average, you know, so a hundred clients a quarter that's, you know, 35 clients per month. That's. 10, 11 clients per week, you know, that's two a day. I mean, you really break it down. It's, it's really that easy, you guys. If, if you're trying to make $100,000 selling Medicare, write two policies a day and work five, six days a week. Mm-hmm. And you can make $100,000. And, and the, there's obviously residuals with that. So, you know, you can really build a business on that. So um, I know we are kind of pushing time. Um, any any final thoughts Christian, that, that you want to share um, and maybe specifically about the start of 2021, open enrollment or OEP, excuse me, and, and maybe you know looking forward to this year and, and what you thinks to come.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Um, I would say with OEP guys is I wouldn't waste it. you know I wouldn't treat it like a vacation. If you're gonna take a vacation, take it in June. Maybe maybe even before that, you know. But I think January through March is a great opportunity. I think our business has changed dramatically since OEP showed up. I, I I did great last OEP. I'm not expecting to sell as much this year because I'm got eight billion projects I've loaded on myself um, for the start of the year, and so that's made it tough. But I wrote two I wrote two apps yesterday, two Medicare Advantage plans yesterday. Nice. So yeah, yeah. So I'm 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 not I'm not um, old and irrelevant yet, but. Um, but essentially guys, I wouldn't waste OEP. That's my main thing. Um, it's really not that complicated. You know, just if you're not sure what to do, go buy some leads, you know, go buy some leads, work the leads, and you will bump into people that you can help. Um, millions of people across the country every single year, sign up for plans. They, they, they regret signing up for in AEP. You know, they'll sign up for a plan in AEP. It'll start the 1st of January and they'll regret it. There's something that the agent didn't tell them or they, you know, they buy through some 1-800 number or something like that. And it's just a bad fit. There's no shortage of those people. And um, it's a great opportunity. Um, and I just, my my main message is I, I wouldn't waste OEP. One other thing I wanted to add, um, and then I'll turn it over to you, Glenn, for your final thoughts is, um, guys, I would just say, don't underestimate what you can do in 12 months. Also, you know, I I put a post up about everything that the group was able to do and everything that was done and associated with the group in 2020, a couple of weeks ago. And, um, I was just really blown away by how much content we put out, how fast the group grew. Um, you can do a lot in 12 months. You know, I can't remember who said it, but somebody, somebody really famous said that, you know, people, people, um, underestimate what What's they can the Tony, do.
1: The Tony Robbins quote.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That one. But it maybe doesn't apply here, but I, it, it might, I don't know, but, <laughs> but, but I really do think people, you know, underestimate what they can do in long periods of time. And, um, you can get to a lot in 12 months. It's a long period of time. Um, and you might be amazed by what you, what your business looks like and where you're at 12 months from now. Yeah. So anyway, I'll turn it over to you, Glenn, for kind of your final thoughts and Well, I think,
1: uh, you know, to kind of build on what you were saying there, it really comes down to activity. You know, um, your activity level is entirely up to you. Obviously, there's so many different activities when it comes to prospecting that you can do as an agent. You can talk to your warm market, you know, friends, family, neighbors, see if you can help them out. You can buy leads like what we offer at Lead Heroes you can ask for referrals from existing clients. I mean, there's, there's a plethora of different activities that you can do to help continue to grow your business. Um, And one thing I I talked to an agent earlier today, and he was talking about his activity level. And he said he tries to run 30 to 40 appointments per week. And I'm just, I'm listening to this guy and, you know, arguably Um. he could, he could be lying to me. Right. But Um, I know there's agents out there that that strive for these insanely high activity levels, you know, and he's talking about working all day Saturday. You know, he wants to be out in the field five, six days a week, working 30 to 40 appointments per week. And he's writing a lot of premium. And is he the best salesman ever? No, he doesn't necessarily have to be the best salesman ever. He's just putting in time. He has an activity level. That's so high. You guys, if you had 40 appointments set for that week, whether you're selling over the phone or you're selling face-to-face, even if half of those appointments, nothing came from or you got no-showed or they hung up on you and they didn't want to talk to you, that's still 20 conversations that could end up ultimately resulting in in some type of sale. So, um, you know, I I guess that would kind of be my final thoughts with today. As, As you're looking at the new year, there's a lot of stuff that you cannot control as an agent. You can't control you know, what the carriers are maybe changing their premiums to, right? I saw some people complaining about premium increases this year. You know, you can't control maybe the pandemics affecting you where you're at, you know, you're having trouble selling face to face. You know, maybe, maybe you're struggling to, I mean, again, there's, there's a ton of different things you could struggle with as an agent. Um, Maybe you don't have the money to spend on marketing, right? If you're a brand new agent, and maybe you're, you know, you came into this industry with, with your last $5, which I get that. There's a lot of those agents out there. Um, but the one thing you can control without a doubt, and, and money is really irrelevant, is your activity level. Mm-hmm. If your activity level is really high, um, you can make a lot of money and you don't have to be the, the best salesman. You don't, you don't even have to be that good um, because most agents have a really low activity level of 10 appointments a week. And so, if you're doubling, or tripling, or quadrupling what the average agent's doing, just by the sheer volume of those numbers, you're going to be successful. So, um, that would kind of be my final thoughts here on our first Taco Tuesday of 2021,
0: first episode of um season two, guys. Um, I'm 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 hoping we can get the podcast launched probably in the next week, guys. Um, I'd love to see that if possible. So so watch for that um watch for it everywhere podcasts are listened to um and i'm really excited about it i'm enthusiastic yeah. for a good year um alright guys well thanks so much for for joining us um for another episode um this was a good episode we've had we i mean all the episodes we do are good but this one was very good um if you enjoyed it drop a like
1: yeah, I appreciate the comments too you guys. Keep yes. those coming. I like I like feeling like we're interacting with you guys, you know, as we're talking here. Um, you know, I love getting questions that that Christian and I can field and um, exp- you know, I even to- Tony's in the comments <clears throat> stirring things up. So that's awesome. I love that. So keep those coming
0: next week too. Tony's mischievous. Yes. Beware. All right, beware guys. <laughs> Until next time. Adiós.
1: Yeah.